CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called The Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you wanted to say something. Uh, no, the train thought otherwise. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Barrett Share. Hi there. We're here with uh, writer director Danielle Lesovitz, who has done a movie called Port Authority. It's in theaters May 28th and digital and on demand June 1st. Danielle, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you've made a movie that focuses on the relationship between a transgender woman and a man. And it doesn't make the it doesn't make transgender the focus of the movie. Uh, getting into your sort of your the genesis of this movie and everything, did your screenwriter brain want to make that uh, an issue, or were you determined not to make it an issue? It's funny. I was pretty determined from the outset to make it not an issue. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, yeah, I feel like there's more to a person of trans experience than that experience, that there's a deeper, richer humanity mm. that uh, I haven't felt represented on screen yet. Like just the pleasure of getting mm-hmm. to be a person, if that makes any sense, mm. uh, was, mm. yeah. was something that I felt was needed or necessary. Um, so yeah, I didn't really, I didn't want to delve into the pain of that. I feel like there are other ways of showing um, showing that experience. Yeah. I mean, you certainly go, you go, you, I mean, it's certainly not a non issue, but it's not the central conflict of the movie, which I think a lot of times, uh, is what we would see. I think even the crying game, uh, way back in, in 1992, uh, tried, I I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it went, you know, like that i mean it it did make it a real huge central focus with a huge surprise and everything in it uh but i think like this i think it feels it feels like we've come a little bit farther since the crying game do you think that's true or is it yeah i think in 2021 especially it's not nor should it be shocking um if someone um you know declares themselves to be of of sort of uh trans experience Right. It's like we had, I think mm-hmm. we had this idea of like, oh, it used to be, of, you know, one person going from one gender to the other gender. And I don't think, I think hopefully that conversation uh, has been muted some ex- to some extent. And it's, it's not about going from one gender to another gender. It's about honoring a kind of disconnection between um, your sort of physicality and how you choose to or not choose to but who you know yourself to be somehow and understanding that Mm -hmm. the two don't necessarily um have to inform each other yeah uh at at the center of this you have uh, uh two amazing leads and of course a great supporting cast too um 
uh, tell us how you came about uh, finding your leads and your and your surrounding cast and everything, and uh, and uh, tell tell me how awesome it must have been to work with them. Yeah, it was really really awesome. Um, I mean, for sure, both Finn and Lena brought with every take um, and every moment something kind of very new and fresh and um, from themselves. Uh, so there was like that deep connection to kind of a lived experience that they had had that affected them that they were somehow pulling from or drawing from in the performances. So it was really just incredible to, to, to watch them on set and watching Lena in particular, who we hadn't seen or I hadn't seen doing scene work before scene, scene, scene. There's a lot of scenes in that sentences, but like I hadn't <laughs> seen act before uh, in front of a camera, nor had anyone else really. Um, it was like a revelation, you know, watch like mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was just like watching some hopefully act, you know, actor's career being born in front of you because she just, she was just so alive and so mm, magical. I know magical is not the word. Sorry. She was just very alive and um, evocative and powerful, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with Lena, um, the odyssey for finding why was pretty long. Um, it was about a year and a half of meeting with every like trans woman of color that I could find. Uh, and this was also mm-hmm. just interviewing like, many generations too. So older women, younger kids, and just trying to understand um, the variations and the nuances of, of what those, you know, what, what that experience is like for a lot of people. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and sort of hoping to find the right person along the way. Lena was in Italy um, when we started. So I I didn't actually get to meet her until a year into it when she decided to come to the U S fortunately, and um, I sort of played opposite to her, so I played Paul in some of the um, mm-hmm. some of the auditions, and it was just uh, she was just so responsive and like open, and uh, I really felt I she was listening to me in the scenes, and from that I, uh, you know, had no doubts that she was like the person to play this role, um, yeah. and yeah. Similarly with Finn, uh, didn't get to meet him until a few days before set in person, but was just really encouraged and surprised. He's a he's a an insane actor in the sense of like mm-hmm. just how he can transform in the blink of an eye into something um, mm-hmm. you know powerful, also and poetic, and yeah, he's just incredible to work with. So that that's sort of the story of that. Yeah. So it seems like Lena Bloom. Uh, to me, I think she's one of the most beautiful uh, women on the planet. Um, but she's also when you, when you have that uh, that ball scene um, where she where she walks. Uh, I guess I forget the category face or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and is she? It's a, a, amazing how she describes it. You just have to own everything, and she nails it. Does she have a background in this in this culture? Yeah, yeah, she she came up in it. So she's from Chicago, and ah. she she really, um, yeah, she really came up in it. She's also a dancer. She's a classically trained dancer, like um, so ballet, ah. and you kind of put those together, and yeah, you see how she's just like a fish in water, and in these moments, it's amazing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that backdrop of the ballroom scene though. Cause that was uh, not something I was familiar with. So I, I looked into it a little bit at watching while I was watching this movie and it was just, it's, it's fascinating. So I thought right. that was it's, just the perfect backdrop. Yeah. I think it's really incredible. And I also just, I think this idea of chosen family, this, this idea of like, um, uh, yeah. People finding different ways of connecting with each other that are real and honest and sort of embody, um, the, the true kind of, roles we can play in each other's lives um in a way that isn't how do you say fixed or inherited um i i Mm -hmm. I just i find it to be like in some ways i don't know for me anyways uh what makes me kind of proud to be american is that these uh these this this culture exists um so yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, you don't I mean, especially with just if you're on social media a lot or whatever, it's just the idea that there's a community that's disinviting um, is is unfortunately feels a little alien, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in the current state. So that I, I, I love that part of the movie, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. There's there's a an openness, but also a, a protection a necessary protection mm-hmm. that, that I think is there. Um, yeah, and it was important yeah. for me to show at the end of the film, like Paul sort of being judged by them and knowing that if he were to be accepted, which the film doesn't really answer, um, it's not that he would have a place of like high status in, in the community, like he would be on the lowest rung possible. And I think that's important to show somehow that even, you know, mm-hmm. he's not automatically ushered in and he's asking permission and his inclusion isn't automatic, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How did the how did the story come about? What was the inspiration for it? Um, oof, that's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's always one of those things. Um, I, I, for me, was having a, a lot of difficulty understanding what it meant to be American. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like. Like I spent a lot of time in Italy or other places and I felt like for me anyways, the U S lacked a kind of culture that brought people together in a certain mm-hmm. way. Like, of course we're allowed to have our own individual uniques and beliefs and da, 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 da. And it's very sort of pluralistic in this way, ideally. Um, but I felt like if you're not born into a family that's supportive or where you feel like you belong, where do you find your sense of belonging? And I felt that this is a question mm-hmm. that we all kind of have to ask ourselves and some people arrive to the answer and, and other people don't and they, you know, end up isolated, you know, maybe online in weird groups or maybe, you know, identifying with hate as a way to feel connected or a sense of belonging. Um, and I just felt like this was a very dangerous and sort of polarizing way to to, to, to move forward as a as a place and as a culture where you kind of almost have to double down on some sort of weird identity that may or may not be something that you're responsible for, like, you know, how you look or, or, you know, race and gender and all of these things. Um, so wanted to create a film that explored um, what it means to not belong, even though you have the social signifiers of belonging and, um, because the culture that you live in um, might not be geared towards um, sort of a deeper type of inclusion or a deeper humanity, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then there, of course, there's specific particulars of that, like having gone to a ball um, and having a big, powerful experience there, uh, you know, having to deal with my own stuff <laughs> in terms of <laughs> childhood nonsense, um, my own, yeah, my own journey into uh, belonging, I guess, informed informed a lot of this as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you touched a little bit on the family aspect here. I think this is a huge, huge theme of this movie. Um, especially since Paul seems to always find, uh, the wrong family to be in and, uh, and why finds, finds what is the perfect family for her and everything. Uh, can you touch more on the family theme or have we already discussed everything? About <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of us, um, you know, how do you say, like, it, it feels like ballroom culture is like just kind of the dream and, and where you can choose, you know, who you want your mom to be, who you want your dad to be, who you want your siblings to be. And we, for those, like, I grew up with just a single mom and I'm just an only child in mm -hmm. Kansas City and sort of this, like, in government housing, really. Like, so um, for mm -hmm. me, the idea of what is a family was always just like in the back of my head because I felt I don't know what it is um and um but you have i think we all have that need to have these connections and have these relationships um so what do you do again if you don't have them and uh mm -hmm. you know and i and even if you you have the most beautiful family if they're not accepting of you or if they're you know putting pressure on you to be someone you're not then you know where do you go um mm -hmm. So I think, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can all identify with, um, you know, thinking that maybe that foundational sort of fabric of nuclear family um, isn't always what we need, if that makes any sense in terms of mm -hmm. finding this yeah. source yeah, of belonging. Yeah. God, this is the most like thoughtful conversation we've ever had on this show. It's, it's, Is that okay it's, for you it's guys? making me uncomfortable. Really? No, it's making me very uncomfortable. Oh, no. I do have one. Let's uh, talk about it. Can I ask? No, no, no. I want to ask you a specific question. Sure. Um, the character of Lee yeah. uh, is pervasive throughout the movie. Um, he, he's, I, I, I have conflicted feelings about him, obviously. Awesome. First of all, was that, what you intended. And second of all, can you tell me what you think of that character? Hmm. Um, let's see. Lee was written as someone, um, who is a bit darker than I think what he ended up being. But I think that that's interesting to me. Um, sort of, it was hmm. a discussion McCall and I had had, and he just became sort of lighter and maybe that has a sort of sinister aspect to it too. Just very charming. Hmm. Um, and someone who has his own kind of vulnerabilities and desires. Uh, so I felt like he became more dimensional, I think, throughout the filming process. Um, listen, you know, like I've, how do you say, I've been around a lot of guys like Lee personally. So I don't know um, yeah. Yeah. that are mm. sort of, they're, they're like, the at least for me, is like, they're those guys or those friends that you really look up to. And you think they're amazing and they're really charming and they walk into a room and they kind of get what they want. 
Um, but then you spend t- more time and you realize there's a kind of darker, a darkness to that um, and an ability yeah. to yeah. exploit other people in a way that just feels almost too natural. Um, and then you realize mm-hmm. that there isn't, there isn't much um, to do about it, you know, like that's just how things are. And you got to like either mm-hmm. separate yourself or, you know, but you wish, you know, at least for me, it's like you wish you could say something or you wish you could do something about it, but you can't. Um, so that's right, my right. own. And I don't, I don't think Lee's a bad guy. I just think the world allows, you know, the world he is living in is allowing for, for yeah. isn't encouraging yeah. in, a, in a way, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, you I, could I argue mean, he saves Paul, right? Like, I mean, I mean, at least in the beginning, he does. And he has a way of, you know, again, with, with all of, you know, with, with every say dictator in the world. I mean, I think it's like a, a it's like Foucault is like, you also have to recognize that they're, they're also providing um, a lot to the people that they're, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're providing protection and, and without them, you don't know what would happen. So it's not necessarily irrational and it's not uh, like, I don't find it it's just a thing, you know, it's a thing. And if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if society, I don't know, uh, didn't make room for that or have a need for that, it wouldn't exist somehow. So Paul is protected by Lee and, and yeah. And I just, I don't know. I try not to judge too much cause I don't think it's helpful. Um, but I do think Lee, um, Lee's a person I know, you know, and I think we all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been Lee at a certain point in our lives. I'm not sure, but I do think, um, I do think questioning one's sort of that's that kind of dominance, you know, and whether or not it's something to be valued is important. Is an important process to go through. Right. Um, I don't know. Does that make you? What is your discomfort with with Lee's character? I'm curious. I tell you what, first of all, it's played beautifully by McCall Lombardi. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, writing, writing that line. I, I felt myself like being annoyed with myself for liking the guy at times, specifically the time where he helps Paul up the stairs after he's gotten smashed that night. And you're like, Oh, he's not that bad. And then you think about his actions earlier in the movie. No, no, he's objectively an asshole, but you find yourself kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's exactly how you describe. It. I know this guy too, um, yeah. and and it's just played like you said, dimensionally to where it's not just black and white. Right, right, yeah. And I mean, I think, I, I think that's it, though. I think. Sorry. <laughs> no, keep going. I was going to say no. I mean, I think that's. I think you guys, what you two both are talking about, just the fact that we all know this person and have had to ha- have had to accept help from this person. Um, whether, you know, and, yeah. and it's just things like that. I think, I think it just kind of, I don't know, makes it maybe it, it, it kind of is a little more uncomfortable, but also kind of like it, it, uh, I don't know. You can kind of understand it, I guess a little better. It, and, and like Barrett was saying, that's the thing I loved about it was it wasn't black and white. It was, you know, very much in that gray area with the character and, uh, and Lombardi, McCall Lombardi just played it so well. Yeah. McCall's really brilliant. That's why it's so complex too. When, when Y asks Paul, when Paul says you can't see my friends because you know, you wouldn't like them and you'd want to break up with me and everything. And then she says, well, why do you still hang out with them? I think it's a question that 
uh, I think almost everybody I know, and especially, and it's definitely me, could uh, ask that same question about certain people in their lives because they uh, do, sometimes they do terrible things, but they've also helped you out in life and everything like that. That's why I think that, uh, that's one mm-hmm. of probably one of the most poignant moments of the movie for me was when she asked that question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you do in those situations? It's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's, it's lovely having this conversation. I have a, I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the, there was there's a there's a uh, scene that I I want to deconstruct a little bit uh, because I think it's the one that really drew me into this. It's when Y and Paul go out on the terrace and they start talking and they really start opening up to each other. Um, I don't know if if you're if if it was the restraints of where you were filming or if it was uh, sort of a planned type of thing. But I love how this shot is framed because it's not your typical head. Like you don't, your headroom's a little bit bigger than normal, but you're cutting off characters here and there. And it seems like there's a more intimate shot being composed uh, out of it. Can you tell me about that scene? Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to shoot it on, um, on these stairs because i think in new york like a lot of i don't know at least for me a lot of time is spent on these sort of emergency staircases and uh fire fire Mm -hmm. i don't even know what the name of them are but um fire escape (laughs) yeah and uh but it was you know we were really high up those were tiny stairs and uh you know you can have as many desires as you want but can you actually like the reality is uh it's it's really hard to shoot on fire escapes um so Mm, yeah (laughs) right so the the coverage was pretty Mm -hmm. limited um and uh you know i wanted i wanted them to feel connected so i didn't want to necessarily shoot single single and then cut it together so it it became a kind of trial and error. And I'm just being honest. Like, it's just, we shot it and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? And, um, you know, fortunately, there were some birds that we could cut away to in certain moments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. It was, it was, it was like this. And it, I mean, I, I don't know how Finn and Lena did it because there's noises all around them. They're like five stories up on these like very precarious looking stairs and they were able to kind of hold their mm-hmm. exposure uh yeah so that's sort of that's that's that that story yeah okay nice. i it's it's funny to me because it it's you know it, it's uh it sounds like you were you were bound to the limitations of where you were filming but at the same time i feel like you got exactly what you wanted out of that scene that, that makes me feel so good. That was the scene that like um, I sent to the editor immediately who was on a different project. And I was like, does this even cut together? You know, that was the only scene where I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know <laughs> if this is going to make it. And he was like, yeah, it'll, it'll cut together. So it's, it's reassuring. Yeah. Another scene like that was at the train, you know, where, where you have trains passing by and, you know, and she, oh, yeah. she's trying to like scream over the trains. I, I do think sometimes when you embrace, you know, <laughs> You embrace that the world <laughs> contains you in certain ways and you just let it do its thing. It kind of, you know, it, it captures that experience. So 
That's the perfect New York moment, or in mm-hmm. my in my experience, uh, Chicago moment, where it's it's just it's it's so real. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's no way, even in this emotionally intense moment, you gotta let that shit pass. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just gonna go out the window. Yeah. 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 It's like you wanted to say something. Uh, no, the train thought otherwise. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, anything else? I think we're yes. running up against it. Uh, well, I know, but I, I have a very specific question, a screenwriting question. <clears throat> um, one of my favorite scenes in this film is the hallway scene uh, where uh, Finn or Paul comes up and he's looking for why mm-hmm. um, after they've had a confrontation. Um, and Mother McQueen, the, the kind of head of the household, comes out and against wise wishes, basically kind of talks him down. That speech that he gives is one of the most beautiful things. One of the most real things that I've seen on film in a while. Was that on the page or was that something that, that he kind of came from the heart from him? It's interesting. I think it's a combination of both. Um, That scene was written, I think, a week before we were supposed to shoot it. So it wasn't in the original script. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It it kind of came... It it sort of... I, I felt like I, I needed a, that moment somehow. Um, and I had... You know, even Africa, who plays, um, like, the mother of the house, uh, wasn't also a character in the film originally. Um, but when he auditioned, I just saw the... Hmm kind of advice that he was giving people. Like, I think I said, like, could you just give advice to someone here in this room? And he did. And it was just so spot on. And <laughs> the was just, you know, and I don't know, like crying, but just like overwhelmed by how precise and, and helpful it was. So, uh, so yeah, I think it was just knowing, knowing Africa and, you know, listening to him and, and thinking about what he might say and then talking to him and, yeah, it kind of came came into being that way, and just things I wanted to say too. So it, yeah, it was a, it was a collaboration uh, in that way, and something that spontaneously happened a little bit prior to wow. uh, to when we shot it. Yeah, it comes off so objectively, um, like it, it's crazy. Like it seems like more people need to be talked to this way when they're having uh, struggles like this because there's no like you know, there's no, there's no like huge emotion behind it. Like get the hell out of here. You know, you know, blah, 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 blah. He lays down just sheer facts and, 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 you know, and doesn't say it in a way that would hurt somebody or anything. I don't, it's, that's a magic trick to me. Yeah. So um, I love that scene as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, we would like to thank, uh, Danielle Lesovitz for her time. The movie is Port Authority comes out in theaters, May 28th, digital and on demand on June 1st. Uh, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkinson, Jonathan Watkins and Barrett share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com.